Good afternoon. I want to welcome everybody to Coffee and Conversation. This is the regular weekly podcast for the Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. I'm Jeff Harris, superintendent of uh, both the district and county office. And joining us on today's podcast are Randy Fugate, principal of Del Norte Community School. Good morning. And also, Randy, you run the SARB program as well, right? SARB program, yeah. And so, adult, adult Ed as well. School Attendance Review Board and Adult Ed. We have Ryan Botten, our Director of Information and Network Services. Great to be here. And Lisa Howard. And Lisa has, I don't know, Lisa does a lot of things. She's Her technical title is coach. She's working on um, a variety of grants right now, really focused on reduction of discipline, but like we're going to be talking today about really addressing attendance issues and readiness for students as they move forward. Um, and again, you may have heard us talk previously about things called MTSS, which is multi-tier systems of support. And that's all the work that Lisa's doing uh, countywide, K-12. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, Again, you know, in the next 20 minutes or so, we just kind of want to walk through some questions that we've had, some clarifications around attendance, because this year attendance is probably, I would say attendance is almost a bigger hurdle this year than it ever has been. I mean, would you guys agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to my wife the other night. We were talking about just the problem with identifying attendance. And we I think we had the same conversation at the board meeting because now um, as as a parent myself, when my kids were going through Delmart schools, I would get the 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 present or I would get the absent or the illness or whatever it was. Now, when you look at your child's attendance on Aries, you could see an F, an L, a K, a four or if they're attending school in person, you could also see a one, but then you could also see all the other things that, that we've already had too, like the illness or the justified or whatever. So Ryan, I, we've talked about this before, but can you just kind of walk us through a little bit about what that attendance means? Yeah. So this is all driven again by, by SB 98. And so the really important, I think there's a couple of really important things to, to remember, but We've been tasked and everybody in the state has been tasked with tracking, not just like we did historically, were you here or not, but the type of way you're here and the type of way <laughs> you're not here. Um, words like engagement, um, words like uh, participation are what we need to also track. So as everybody's aware, we, we have two cohorts or groups, group A, which is our Monday, Wednesday at attendance in person and our, our group B, which is our Tuesday, Thursday. So, so just to clarify, mm -hmm. you, you may have heard from your school the word group. You may have also heard us use the word cohort, or you may have heard that from somebody that you know. A group and a cohort is the same thing. Group A, group B, cohort A, cohort B, same thing. Yeah, we're really just talking about what two days of the school week is your child attending in person. Right. And so... On the days they're attending in person, they get an in-person attendance code. But prior, that's, that's going to be your one. That's going to be your one if you show up and your A if you're absent. Right. Um, but on the days they're not there, they have to also they have to be tracked differently, which is that distance learning codes. And instead of taking away any of our old codes, what we did was just add a bunch of new ones. And that's what, what Mr. Harris referred to, that that F, L, K, or 4. And those are just different ways to describe the level of engagement while distance learning. So that F code is a, a full distance learning engaged. Your child attended the Zoom meeting, they were engaged. Um, 
if they weren't engaged, that's where that L comes in and we follow up um, as a district and try to figure out why, you know, is that an excused reason? Was it a technical issue or was that an unexcused reason? So we're really trying to dive a lot deeper into the type of engagement um, that your student is, is taking um, on those distance learning days. And on top of that, though, Ryan, it's not just about did they attend? It's about what did they do during their attendance, right? Because on top of the the attendance code, we also have a participation code we're required to collect. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I feel for our, our staff and our teachers, these are these are all new additional things. Um, but we have these participation codes where we describe, you know, was it participation via just contact? We, we spoke with the student and we spoke with the parent. Was it participation via the student completing an assignment and turning that work in? Or was it participation via um, specifically engagement and participation in an online activity like attending a Zoom meeting or, you know, like working on a shared document collectively with the rest of the students in that class online. So all these things are being tracked. And yes, it's challenging, but the really cool thing, and and I'm kind of a data nerd, I know Lisa is as well, I think everybody at the table is, it's giving us a lot of insight into, into you know, where is the root of the, the issue? Are you not able to attend because of a technical problem? That might be a participation problem. What, what other things can we, can we call out of this data? And, well, and there's going to be a lot, right? I mean, for instance, we may have had students early on who weren't able to participate because they didn't have a device. Right. right. May not have had it. And and that's not going to show up as an absence. That's not going to show up as an unexcused. That's going to show up as a K. Right. That's a distance learning excused. You, you, you can't attend distance learning because you don't have the technology necessary to do that. So you, that's an excused absence. Is it an absence? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's still an absence. We don't want absences. But that helps us drive um, the decision making and, and where we focus our efforts to, to backfill that need. And, and when we kind of go back over to Randy here in a few minutes, that, that's also we're not going to be hounding parents who got a lot of K's. Right, Randy? No, we, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. We have a we have a. a pretty extensive process right now. And it's really about reaching out and supporting families and trying to identify what are the barriers that are keeping you or your student from being able to get you know into the building or to access online every day, every other day that they're not in the building. So we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and really, I think, you know, Ryan and all of those codes, there are two codes that are specific that if a family is seeing in areas, they need to be really aware of. Right. And and here I always get confused to it. I think that's our L and our four code. Yeah, those are right? our those are our. You're not engaged, or um, you have an unexcused absence on those distance learning days. Right. So so one is my child didn't participate that day, and we it's an unexcused absence. I don't have we got we got a hold of the parent or the guardian on the phone. No reason the child couldn't have participated. Um, we were at Disneyland. We overslept. Whatever it is. The other one is we weren't able to contact you at all. Right. Yeah. The, the, you, you didn't show up on that distance learning day in the Zoom meeting. You didn't turn any work in. There was no other method of participation or engagement that we could find. And when we, we attempted to reach out, we were just unable to. So that's just your, your straight up unexcused um, absence on a distance learning day. Um, so, and Lisa, we know that all this has a major impact too on, on students' ability to, to learn and move forward. Because one of the things that we've heard from staff over and over and over again is there have been some communications with families where families are like, okay, my, my child attends in person two days a week, that school, the other three, eh, it's a little optional. Um, but school is five days a week, right? 
we've got two days, K-8, two days in person, three days distance, five days of school. Um, the high school is doing five days distance at this point. What what does it look like if if students are missing school? So every day in school matters, and whether that means in person or through distance learning. And so let's give an example. Real life example is October. We have 22 school days in October. Eight of them were in person, and the rest, those 14, were done through distance learning. So of the 22 school days, if you have good attendance, you'd make 95% of that. So meaning as long as you didn't miss more than two school days in the month, you were doing okay. You, you were hanging in there, and you were making all of your learning opportunities. That's terrific. If you're missing three days or more within October alone, that's a cumulative effect. So over the whole school year, if you were to miss three days every school month, that would be 30 school days, a month and a half. And that's total learning loss for uh, a child who is trying to keep up and isn't uh, being able to maximize those opportunities, whether at home learning or in-person learning. So it's really important that we take advantage of each one of those opportunities. Well, and, and what are some, and we've talked about this at length at some other uh, times, but what are some of those long-term effects of absenteeism? Because whether the child is unexcused absence, whether it's an excused absence, it really doesn't matter. Once the child misses 10% of the school year, according to the state of California, we are required as a district to report that child as chronically absent. So... That's that's one thing, right? I mean, that that child, while I don't think it goes in the record as a chronic absenteeism, it definitely does show up on within the district as that child being chronically absent. But but in the long term, there are many, many more detrimental effects. Yeah. Long term missing 10 percent of a school year every year. You think, oh, it's just kindergarten. They're just starting. Oh, guess what? In first grade, we were also chronically absent with 18 or more absences in a school year. And every year, the child continues to, to lose those learning opportunities. Uh, they're less likely to actually be able to read proficiently by the end of third grade. Super important because and, all you're learning then is through reading. Yeah. And then. Well, well and, that, and that indicator alone, just that third grade indicator, if they're not on reading, uh, if they're not on grade level for reading by the end of third grade, they're 50% less likely to graduate high school on time, right? Yeah. So uh, the statistics aren't good from there because so much of your learning is driven by reading. And so passing courses in middle school become really difficult because you're not comprehending all of the new academic language that's coming at you. Subjects get more difficult because the reading gets more difficult. And so the stronger a reader you are by the end of third grade, the stronger and more likely you are to graduate even high school on time. Mm -hmm. So that it, it does have this cumulative effect on somebody's lifetime. And so I know it just seems like, oh, I, my kid only missed a day here or two days there, but over the, t the course of an entire school year, 18 school days is almost an entire month of school. Mm -hmm. So trying to make sure that it's, you know, for really good reasons why your kid couldn't make the learning opportunities that um, are being offered. Well, and, and so, you know, when we talk about that, you know, just talk, kind of talking about those distance learning days as being actual days of school. And one of the reasons that we take attendance on those days and we log participation on those days is because even though your child's not sitting in a classroom with a teacher for four and a half hours, which is kind of what we're limited to this year so far, um, 
it's still a great time. I was an English teacher, so it, it's a great time for students to practice automaticity, to, to really practice their reading skills. It's a great time for them to practice those writing skills and to engage in ways because it, that, that they need to to practice. Um, because like you had said, between kindergarten and third grade, those four years are really, really, really learning how to read and reading is kind of the key to the kingdom, right? Whether it's math or science or history or whatever. Absolutely. And in Del Norte County, we are so lucky that our local initiative is that three read by 2023. Uh, Our local community, through the help of foundations and agencies and commitment by volunteers and educators all over across Del Norte, are really committed to making sure that all students are able to read by the end of third grade. And joining this, uh, joining us should hopefully be all of our partners, including our parents, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a really important thing to make sure that um, that daily participation, whatever it looks like, whether it's online activities, whether it's completion of work or tests or um, just even keeping contact um, with the family and the teachers, um, building that relationship and connectivity, those are all key components. So there are some things that will help to ensure that we have good communication between schools and parents. And one of them is contact. Make sure that your contact information is current. If you've changed cell phone numbers or emails or uh, something's just happened and you've moved to a new location, we sure need to know that immediately because in order for us to determine why a student can't make all their learning opportunities is going to be related to good contact. The other well, one is... Well, and I'm going to say just on that point right there, and that, Ryan, that goes back to what you were talking about, because then what code shows up in Aries? That's the L. I mean, that's that's the that's the no contact made, you right. know. That's and, the one we don't like to see. Yeah. Well, and, and that's <laughs> the one I think we've talked to our truancy officer about. That's the one we've also talked to our district attorney about, because at that point, we just have no contact with family. So, sorry, Lisa, I interrupted. I just wanted to point that well, out. Well, uh, <laughs> I think it's all good that... Everyone can hear that it's all interconnected. The next one is connectivity. And Ryan had mentioned about devices, internet, what might be a barrier that we can help remove for you um, and make sure that the child has access to the learning opportunities that we are, are pumping out like no tomorrow. You knew in the spring we had all these great engagement activities for your children, and now we have daily learning opportunities. This is that participation, attendance. It's so key to wrap everything together. And then, of course, the next piece is relationship. And so when we don't see your kid um, for a few days within a week, um, if they are not at least 60 percent, as Mr. Harris has said before, we're making that phone call. We need to know, hey, how can we help? What's going on? Do we need to basically connect you and network you with some other resources? You know, is it transportation on the days the, the child needs to be in attendance or is it something else that we can help with? And we have just a, a plethora of resources that both our resource officer and schools have at their fingertips to refer you to and network you with. Well, and and I think that kind of leads us, Randy, in a lot of the work that you're doing right now. Um because like, you know, like you were just saying, Lisa, it's all interconnected. So we're looking at attendance. If we see that there's a gap or or a lack of attendance or participation, we know there are consequences. We know that there are also resources out there. But Randy is part of SARB. And a couple of years ago, we moved SARB from kind of a district piece into more of a countywide piece. Um And you'd mentioned it earlier. I think the last thing we want SARB to be this year is punitive. The last thing we want to do is have to, you know, have the district attorney file um, 
on, on a family because a child's not coming to school under the compulsory attendance laws in the state of California. But um, what, what have some of those resources, what do those supports look like? What are you guys engaged in right now? And what are you working with schools in to kind of let families know what those supports are and, and what's available? Yeah. You know, before I answer that question, I'm going to dodge it. <clears throat> I was watching the uh, the political debates and I've, I've learned some tactics for, that's a gr- really great question. I'd like to answer this one first. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, every year, I think we find ourselves at the table and and talking with, uh, obviously with in, in-house to teachers and, and staff, but we also are talking to parents and we, we have a lot of conversations around attendance. And if I'm a parent out there, this just feels like another conversation about attendance. You need to be at school and we have these, these kinds of conversations. I want to say, I think, it is important. Uh, we do know that you know that normally schools get paid based on attendance. This year is a little different, and that's not our, our focus. This year is not about uh, finances and, and attendance. Uh, the state and the, the federal government have kind of uh, given us uh, a waiver on some of that. I think what's more important right now, um, in general, coming to school is critical. And Lisa shared a whole lot of reasons, but I think everybody nationwide, probably worldwide, is really looking at this issue around school, and and I think we're all very concerned about uh, students not being in school. What does this look like, this distance learning thing? How is it going to affect kids long term? There's all these pieces that we really don't have experience. We don't have a roadmap for this. And I think the, the, the worst thing that we could do is not get our kids to school in this limited capacity that is what we are experiencing right now. We need to be taking advantage of all of those pieces because it is going to have long-term impacts. And so I think uh, one of the things we notice right now is that uh, the in-person days, once we've added the in-person cohorts, we are really seeing an increase in attendance on those days, especially. And I think that's really important. So um, applaud parents, you're getting your kids out the door. That's really important for a lot of reasons we know, but it's also that connection piece. And Lisa talked about that. You know, there's the kids need to be connected and there's a, it's really easy to stay home and it's really easy to start falling into, I don't really want to get out of the house and I'm really, I like my PJs and I don't want to go outside. And, and nationwide we're, we're experiencing a lot of conversations around people feeling sort of stuck and, mm-hmm. and, and afraid, uh, afraid. And at, um, I'll, I'll bring this up at our school, we really spoke focusing on comfort zone conversations. And we had a great conversation last week that the the more you don't get out of your comfort zone, the smaller your comfort zone becomes. And it becomes really difficult to push yourself. The longer you stay in that that zone of in just in your comfort, it really becomes difficult to push yourself out of there. And distance learning is one of those difficult areas, I think, for kids and for parents. It's not normal. We don't, we've never been in a situation where we look at a screen and have to interact on a screen. But I'm, I would really stress that. Push yourself into that zone because it does get more comfortable. All of us at this table are pretty comfortable with Zoom meetings now, but I hated them in the spring. When we started doing Zooms, it was awkward. It felt really uncomfortable. Now it's kind of almost, a, it's almost a social gathering in some cases. Yeah. Just like anything else. I mean, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's real basic, it, yeah. but you have to, you have to do that. You have to, you have to get into it and, and feel that, that discomfort maybe for a little bit yep. and then it becomes something you get better at. Yeah. And you've just expanded that comfort zone we talked about. So it makes well, the next move easier. And that support too. You know, we, we, one of the things we haven't talked about and here again, we've kind of been talking about attendance is why, right? We talked a little bit about the academic importance of attendance, but there's also that social, emotional and connectivity yep. piece that you had alluded to. And even if kids are on Zoom, um, part of what SB 98 says that Ryan referenced earlier was, is really there has to be daily live interaction with the teacher and the peers. Yep. So that Critical. daily live interaction out of that house environment 
even if it's virtual, allows for some connectivity between students, between um, another adult, and, and to mm-hmm. kind of have that that interact. Anyway, yeah, go ahead, no, Mark. that's right. And I think so. You know, that's I think that's one of the big areas that we're looking at right now is the distance learning days. We're really seeing a drop in attendance on those days. And you know, if you're at home listening to this and you're a parent or a grandparent and you have influence, really, really stress. The importance of the students checking in at the distance learning days. It may not feel like regular school. It may not look like regular school, what we're used to seeing, but that connection time is really important. And and I can say from this perspective, when students check in with their teachers and they get a few questions, it does trigger them to go, oh yeah, I should be working on some things today because they gave it to me yesterday. And so if a student is not checking in, they're probably also less likely to engage in some of the homework that they were given or some of those assignments they were given. So there's a trickle uh, down effect on that checking in on distance learning. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I just wanted to kind of make that point. I think it's real important that we look at that. So, you know, that, thank you, Randy, for those thoughts. You know, th- this kind of ends the first part of this podcast. Um, these are all the reasons why attendance is important and how we're tracking attendance. Um, in the second part, we really want to hit on what the processes are for identifying supports, what strategies we have for supporting students and families in coming to school. And then we do want to talk a little bit about what what is the SARB process going to look like this year, because it is going to be a little bit different. Um, and then how are we partnering with Uh, those throughout the county, whether that is child welfare services or the Department of Health and Human Services or with the district attorney's office, the probation department, how are we partnering with our our, um, counterparts to really support families? So we hope that you can join us for part two of the podcast um, where we'll dive into those things a little bit more. So thank you all again for um, sitting in for, for this first go around and we look forward to having the next conversation. My pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us.